good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'm very excited to welcome y'all back to another preview episode of the Start Vegas Report. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lacazino. And I greeted y'all in the afternoon. Uh, it's Thursday where we're at, so of course some breaking news is going to happen in the morning that's not going to get included on the show. Yeah. We're sure. You'll probably get this tomorrow at any time. Well, I'll probably have this up before uh, before you wake up. Yeah. But um, we're going to get into what we're going to talk about today. But first, like to remind y'all that if you're listening on IGTV, you can always click over to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you want just by searching Stark Vegas Report. Uh, but of course, most of you, I think, are pretty satisfied with the IGTV. Uh, our listenership has been good on there. Where, what's our averages? Whereabouts? Uh, I think we're in, around eighteen hundred per episode right 1800. now. Eighteen hundred. I thought we, we've cracked twenty on t- twenty two thousand. We cracked on twenty on level. two, but the last, you know, I don't think a lot of people really wanted to listen to us talk about. Uh, Have we got Arkansas. on there three times already? Or actually, no. Never mind. The Arkansas game review blew up. So. Yeah, I saw, last I checked, shout it out kinda, to y'all. Yeah, that's the most listened to episode on IGTV so far. Wonder so. if there's some Arkansas fans on there. Yeah, we're probably around twenty three hundred then. Twenty seven, so. twenty two, and twenty. Yeah, right around twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, that's awesome, so, guys. Um, thank y'all. We are so super excited to have that um, list, that big listenership and be growing the way we are. Um, just as like we're super excited to be working with the Bell Smith this year, the most unique cowbell for cheering on the Bulldogs, guys, for a tradition as unique and and as unlike any other you deserve a cowbell that is unlike any other Uh, i know you can get your cowbells at barnes and noble and at some of these other stores uh, that are just the same as everybody else's and that's fine i've got several of those myself those were the official mississippi state uh barnes and noble store bells um for the longest time of course this year they're taking a year off uh all of those bells that you see in any of those from year of the cowbell are old uh so now is the perfect time to give the gift or just something for yourself that is a work of art, but also something that to help you represent uh, your fine university. And one of the, again, the most unique, rewarding, beautiful traditions in all of college athletics. Yep, of course. You can get any kind of custom order. You can have anything you can dream of. He can help you uh, create. You can direct message him on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at The Bellsmith. Or email him at junctionbell at gmail.com. Yep. And if you're listening on IGTV, go ahead and go on down to the caption right now. I'll have the Bellsmith linked below. You can go ahead, give him a follow, send him a message if you want one of these custom cowbells that Colton's been mentioning. Right. And of course, if you mention Start Vegas Report, you get 20% off your order. So please feel free to do that. Uh, that helps you and helps us. You know, we want to show uh, the Bellsmith and, of course, any future advertisers that y'all are listening and y'all are engaging in our products. If you've ever wondered, um, how you can help this podcast grow or how you can help uh, Gavin and I uh, succeed. It is the number one thing you can do is respond to the ad uh, singular. Well, we might get to plural someday, but probably but still we would not want to pepper this thing with, you know, six or seven ads. No, never. definitely not. That's not, that's never going to be our intent. This isn't something that we're trying to profit over, off of really. We're just trying to be able to put the money back into this thing to give you all the best, the best content that we possibly can. Right. And as of right now, we spend probably four or five hours a week doing this. So it is it is a lot of effort, uh, but it's worth it. Yeah, and so if you sure. help, help us make it even more worth it, you can respond to these ads. And you can pinch me or, or slap me or comment angry stuff if we ever get more than three ads in an episode because yeah. I don't see that happening. 
Yeah. Uh, I might have to record that just for later reference. Yeah, I might have to. <laughs> um, but before, we're going to get into what we want to talk about today. Uh, of course, we have to go to Kentucky. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be tomorrow, so we'll just call it tomorrow. And uh, play a Wildcat team in a stadium that has not been fun for us yeah. the past couple of years. In 2014, we win a game that we was closer. It looked it looked not quite as close as it was, and it still looked kind of close. That was our number one year. Of course, you run you run back the onside kick attempt with about two minutes left, which is I've never seen happen ever again or before or since. Yeah, to win by you know I think 17 or something like that, maybe 16. But um. 2016, you get a bad case of sermonitis. Uh, yeah, that was fun. You what? Give up 52 points? I think we lost yeah, that I think game it was by 52. Maybe 48, something like that. A ton of points. A last-second career-long field goal um, for that young kicker uh, won the game for Kentucky. Um, and then in 2018, you had what I would call the worst showing I've seen. And since I've been a fan, yeah. probably no offensive production. That you lose twenty-eight to seven in two thousand six and two thousand eighteen. You commit sixteen penalties for one hundred thirty-nine yards, and a couple of those, one or two of those, were bad. But most of the time, we were just just being totally undisciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, you got outclassed by a Kentucky team that you probably could have beaten or at least hung with, and that Kentucky team ended up being very good. But they uh, they made we made them look like national championship caliber team. Yeah. Uh, we've we've done a good job of making teams for the games. Some of the games that we lose, as uh, the past few years, we've made teams look like a lot better than they are. And that's and I'm thinking of some losses in 16, um, maybe one or two of those games in 17, and definitely in 18, made some teams look like they were. Uh, we made Auburn look good in 2018, or excuse me, 2019. We made Auburn look like they were phenomenal. We made Auburn. Um, Made it Ole Miss look good in 2017. I just, if you're going to lose, guys, let's at least get, you know, have a good showing of it. Yeah. Moral victories don't count for much in the SEC, but they're yeah. better than nothing. So, uh, something else we want to address with y'all going on in Lexington this weekend. There's going to be some pretty severe weather with hurricanes moving around the area. It's supposed to be raining for at least the first half. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up raining the full game. Going to be a good bit of wind as well. Uh, and obviously, you know, that's that's a big concern now with State running the air raid under Coach Leach. Uh, how how would this affect the game, Colton, and what are you expecting? Well, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, it's a, some type of silver lining in this rain. The, the Kentucky is the rushingest team in the league, and we're the passingest. It's going to favor them a little bit, um, even if even if with the stuff that Leach has said, and I'm not saying he's incorrect, it's going to – Slow the game down, first of all. Everybody's going to be about a half step slower. But uh, like you said, it's I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Peyton Manning or Brett Favre or Tom Brady. It's a little bit harder to throw the ball in the rain. And mm-hmm. I don't care if you're Jerry Rice. It's a little bit and, harder to catch the ball. And KJ's coming off a week where he has no reason to be confident in throwing anyways. I don't think so. KJ cares. I hope not. But KJ if, has a short memory. Right. But if there is a reason for him to not be confident, you know, last week could be a prime reason for him to not be confident. Right. So... That, that could be a bit of a concern, uh, as Colton kind of hinted at. Leach, somebody asked him about the rain, and uh, whenever I was listening, he basically said that the receivers the receivers have an advantage when we're playing in the rain because the DBs, are, the, the receivers already know where they're going before the play starts. And the DBs, if they're playing man, uh, they're kind of trying to guess where the receivers are going, which puts them at a disadvantage because they're trying to you know, make cuts and stuff in water that they're already uncertain of in the first place. So, as Leach has said, that gives us an advantage. Uh, 
But I'm I'm with Colton on this one. I don't understand how throwing throwing the ball and catching the ball uh, in wet conditions can ever possibly give you an advantage. Hopefully they've been doing wet ball drills in practice all week, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Right, and one thing I will say is that, that Leach Beach, guys, if you've, you're sure you've heard of it, Leach uh, likes to make all of his players, not just the receivers, work, do drills that involve you know ankle strength and balance and cutting and uh, running in the sand. That's going to be really helpful for playing on a slick surface. I think uh, you'll see – I think if uh, – it's not going to be like you would expect a really wet field to be. One, Kentucky's used to it. They have this weather up there all the time. Uh, number two, Mississippi State has planned for inadvertently this kind of behavior with the sand drill. So maybe it'll be. It, maybe the rain won't be as big of a factor as it would, and let's say it was in 2018, because um, that, that it did not help at all then either. It was pouring down rain also. But uh, I don't think again it's it's going to lend itself to Kentucky more than us. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in other news, Colin Hill is back this week. Uh, he shared on Twitter that he's active. Coach Leach said that he's active, so that's all confirmed news. Uh, we're good to go with that. He's going to be much needed, as we saw last week, when teams are able to drop eight on us and rush three. Uh, it, it doesn't bode well for the for the air raid offense. Uh, unfortunately, Colin went out of that game with a concussion, and uh, from what I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but... Colin, it was more than more of a disciplinary thing than it was concussion protocol because whenever the trainers were checking on Colin, he pushed one of them. Uh, I did which, not hear that. Yeah, which is that makes sense because Colin was blaming himself for the loss, right. and I didn't. I, of course, I I, don't, I hate to hear that. I don't want to hear that from anybody because it's not Colin's fault he gets concussed at all, especially right. in that game. But if it is a behavioral issue, then that can fall back on Colin. Right. Something so. I want to. Remark, guys, running backs had 18 receptions last week for an average oh, of about five, four and a half yards, maybe uh, right. five yards, and you less can, than five yards per reception. I don't think you see that with Kylan. Right. I don't, I, he's more physical. He's more shifty. Not that Jaquavis Mars and Dylan Johnson played an excellent yeah, game They played last well week enough for us to win that for game. True, for, for the true freshmen that they are. But um, Kylan's just a different animal. Yeah. So. I think if you, I think if if they ran the exact same uh, kind of scheme with the similar type of athletes that Arkansas had, not saying they will or won't, and I do think the Arkansas secondary is a little bit better, but um, I, I think having Kylan in, in in this game versus that game makes a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about turnovers. Obviously, that's the biggest concern for state fans right now uh, is turnovers. We've had quite a few in the past two weeks. Uh, I would say that turnovers cost the game last week at Arkansas. Oh, no doubt. And that no was, doubt. It was sort of an overlooked thing with the LSU game because we did win that game, and it, like, it felt like we dominate for the most part. But if you take away the turnovers, that's definitely a blowout game. So we've got to play cleaner football. That's going to be our goal this week. Uh, KJ's just got to be, be willing to take what the defense gives. Uh, last week in Davis Wade, it kind of felt like he got big arm syndrome. He was trying to make big plays when they weren't there, trying to force things. Leach said the same thing in the pressers this week. KJ's just got to be better about taking whatever the defense gives him, making the right move, uh, and checking down the ball when it's there. Right, and he had a lot of checkdowns last week, but I think he almost got tired of it. Uh, that was all that you were getting. You were getting, you know, in between zero and, and, and ten yards per pass, and, you know, he wanted to force the issue a little bit. And, of course, one of those interceptions was an open throw that he just missed. But he forced two on the almost the exact same play. Uh, same guy picked it off, jumped jumped the route uh, was almost baiting him 
you've got to be just a little bit more, I guess, less risky. Uh, you want to take big, make big plays. You want to push the ball down the field as quickly as possible, especially in the air raid. But uh, taking risk and t- you know calculated risk and stupid risk are very, very different animals, I guess. And that's uh, maybe obvious. But when you're on the field and you think, oh, I've got a guy down there somewhere. Let me just throw it. Well, that's fine. But if they've got three guys down there, yeah, I don't uh, expect that to happen as much this week. I know they had a lot no. better. They had a, a good practice. I, we reported last week that – Leach kind of had a lot of fire under everybody uh, the week before because they were kind of going through the motions. I'm not hearing those reports this week. No. I'm hearing that they're a lot more focused. So yeah. hopefully that'll lend itself to a, a win a win on Saturday. And I do think that last week was a really big learning curve for everybody playing against his own defense. Not only is that different for what KJ saw from LSU, this is a lot different for what the receivers saw from LSU. Uh, playing in a zone is completely different as a receiver. Yes, you're still running routes, but you're trying to – like Colton has in our notes here, you're trying to find space in the zones. You're trying to sit in holes in the zones, whereas, man, you're just running away from the guy that's guarding you. Right. So and that's a big learning curve. I think a lot of the receivers uh, had to learn learn from that last week. So hopefully they're more ready to go against the zone this week uh, and they're running their routes cleaner than they were. Right. And I thought the receivers did fine last week. Mike Leach did not. Uh, so we'll see if there's some improvement to be made. Um, talking about... Kentucky. Uh, they've played Auburn and Ole Miss so far. Lost them both. Should have beaten Ole Miss. Should have beaten Ole Miss by 10. They lost by 1. Uh, defensively, Auburn, and I'm kind of surprised, are middle of the pack against the pass. We'll talk about this um, maybe later, but they're 74 or maybe like 70th out of 74, something like that in quarterback rating allowed. That's kind of a weird stat. It's the quarterback rating or passer rating allowed. Yeah. Um, and there, there, there's people going on social media and, and on the regular media, I guess, TV stuff like that, and saying, "Oh, it's this, it's the one of the, it's the worst defense in the passing defense in the SEC." By yards, no, they're they're all right. They're seventh, and I guess it's just going by this rating thing. They are ninth in rushing yards per game. We'll see how much that has a factor. The biggest thing I see from Kentucky, though. Their defensive backs are not great. Their their front guys are pretty all right. I, I have a lot of respect for their front seven, but they're giving up seventy one completion percentage. Seventy one percent completion percentage. Uh, that's that's for an opponent to give that up uh, in two games is a lot. Matt Corral was twenty four for twenty nine, I think last week. Um, you're not going to see, uh, you're not going to see a lot of wins, and they haven't had a lot of wins when you're giving up that much of completion percentage. So. With our great athletes at receiver, and we know a, a capable, albeit mistake-prone quarterback in Costello, I think uh, the the chances are there for him to have a really big game. Yeah. Uh, looking into some other defensive stats that we have on them, they've given up the third most points in the league thus far. Yes, they've played uh, Auburn and Ole Miss so far, but the only I don't think the only Auburn's offense is good either. No, and the only the only defenses that have given up more points than Kentucky has this year are Ole Miss and Missouri. Who are very bad defenses, right? And Ole Miss, so, of course, Missouri had to got to play Bama, yeah. so that's not always not fun either. No. But uh, but what I want to let Colton has in our notes here: Ole, our defense is not nearly as bad as Ole Miss's, and that's not to throw shade at Ole Miss. Ole Miss no. can't tackle. Ole Miss's linebackers are not even in the same universe as ours. Their corners can't cover. And I'm high on our linebackers, but, I mean, they're not. it's not Brian Erlacher out there. You've got Errol, Tom, Errol Thompson who's doing outstanding, although he's been gimpy each last two games. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Brule, I think, has been an amazing uh, getting in the backfield and in coverage. Um, and I love what I've seen out of Tyrus Wheat and uh, Jordan Davis doing those things as well. But 
That's a matchup that they have. Well. They haven't played the defense that they've seen, and that sounds weird. We never thought we'd be talking about that, but Auburn's defense is a little bit down this year, um, and they still only scored nine points against them. And of course, Ole Miss's defense is. <sighs> It's bad. I, I'm, I'm trying not to sound like I'm just this big homer and I hate Ole Miss, but they gave up 408 rushing yards last yeah. week, guys, and, and one, and one. That's yeah. what's insane. Yeah. Uh, I don't see I don't see this Kentucky defense as something to be worried about. I think if we, if this game ends up going the way the last game did and not the way the first game did, it's going to be because, again, of our own mistakes. Right. And looking, switching over to Kentucky's offense and how they're going to fare against our defense. Our defense is – Arguably the best defense they've seen so far this year. Our 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 defense is definitely better than Ole Miss's. Statistically, like said. And yeah, they might be better than Auburn. We'll have to find out on Saturday, I guess. But right, we've only given up a hundred and uh, excuse me, a hundred and forty-three rushing yards total. And they've they rush for the most in the SEC, but we're not exactly playing you know air raid teams either. Arkansas especially likes to run the ball more than they throw it, and um. LSU tries to, you know, LSU's trying to get yards. They, they, We had them in a situation where they were forced to throw the ball at the second half, but the yards per carry wasn't great either. Um, that being said, we know that Terry Wilson over there at uh, Kentucky can run the ball. He's actually their leading receiver, or excuse me, leading rusher. And we know that they've got a, a stable of running backs. Now, one of those, probably the best one out of the group, Cavassier Smoke, whose name I love, um, is not playing this week. With a, he's out with a rib injury. He averaged he's averaging seven point six yards per carry this year, uh, but they still got two very competent running backs. One of which uh, sh- one of which is showboating probably cost them the game last week. And they've in got hindsight, a, yeah. In the moment, it may not have seemed like it. But. In the moment, it seemed bad because he yeah. fumbled on the net on two plays later, right. or he would have scored. I mean, that was that was bad. Right. I was that was an all time gaffe, uh, a la Elijah Moore. Not quite as bad as that. DK Metcalf did the same thing in the NFL two weeks ago. That was that was brilliant. Yeah. I saw that. And I, I just I, it was not surprising at all. <laughs> if you were wondering what happened, uh, Russell Wilson threw a touchdown to DK Metcalf, except he carried the ball in one hand and had it punched out from behind. Yeah. Uh, By on his way into the end zone, Trevon Diggs. Yeah, it was Diggs. You're right. And had it punched to the end zone for a touchback because he you know checked up and carried, toted it out in front of, out away from his body because you know. The, the optics are more important than the points if you're if you're if you're Metcalf. Yep. You can take the player away from Ole Miss, but you can't take the Ole Miss out of the player. And now we are being critical. But I think they deserve it. Yeah. Um moving forward, uh we've talked about our rush defense. It is second in the SEC. Uh we're allowing 143 rushing yards per game. The defensive line and the linebacker group has played extremely well. I think everybody's played extremely well except for busted coverages. I don't see a lot of busted coverages happening um, next week, Josh Ali is a receiver. He's got like four times as many catches as the next most guy. That's somebody we're going to have to watch out for. Um, but they don't have, like I said, or like I said last week, we, we contained Traylon Burks, and I think he ended up going down with an injury. But Arkansas didn't pass or run all over us. Um, they're, they're a little bit one-dimensional even within their pass game. They've got only uh, the one receiver that's too much of a threat. And then, like I said, with the front seven playing is, is what I guess, what front seven, front? Three, front. three, three, front six. Yeah, front six. Front that's six. What, that's what Brule says in his interviews. He talks about the front six. Yes, yeah, the front six. The front six has played good enough to where I think they can contain this rushing attack. Um, we'll see what the rain does for our offense, though. Yeah, uh, somebody to look out for this weekend is Marcus Murphy playing that nickel or dog spot. 
he's probably going to be coming down, helping in run support quite a bit. So I, I expect him to have a good game on Saturday. Right. And, guys, this it's going to be like the Arkansas game in that, if not for mistakes, we should win this game. If not for mistakes, we should win this game. I don't expect us to just get outplayed. I don't expect uh, them to stop us. I don't expect anybody, save maybe Georgia, maybe Bama, to stop us on defense unless we stop ourselves. I don't, and especially not Kentucky. I don't expect Kentucky to be able to move the ball at will unless, like I said, we have some bust or stuff like that. But nobody's really been able to do that against us. Yeah. Um, Arkansas had three. Their their three at a, th- all three of their most promising drives last week were aided by busted coverages and penalties. Yeah. That's mistakes. That's avoidable mistakes. Um, LSU, I think two of their scores were aided by penalties. In fact, to be fair, they had another touchdown in the bag, and then Jordan Davis hits Miles Brennan's arms and it falls right to a size Furge, who gave up the bust, who had left Racing McBath wide open. So. It's it's given it's taken away uh, a little bit uh, almost as much as it's given have these you know laps and coverages but it's taken away more than it's given yeah because we lost the game against Arkansas and we won't win. anyway it was one play against yeah. LSU the turnovers are going to be unacceptable penalties yeah. haven't been too bad penalties but. haven't been too bad but they've come at costly yeah. times uh, um, one last thing I want to talk about uh, an interesting storyline going into this week for those of you that don't know. Coach Leach got his SEC start in Kentucky, so this is kind of a cool experience for him going back to Lexington to play. Uh, not that that necessarily means anything. This isn't a revenge game of any sort. Right. A lot of the assistant coaches have stick, stuck with him for the whole time, and yeah. they, they also were in Kentucky too. Yeah. So th- that's just kind of cool. Uh, just just a little fun fact for y'all. And with that being said, uh, we're about to get Nate from Elite UK Football on the show. Hopefully y'all enjoy it. Right, so another special guest for us this week. Going to talk about what he expects from Kentucky and uh, a lot of the weirdness of this game. This is We're not going to be looking forward to predicting this game here in a few minutes. It's uh, confusing, confounding, to say the least, um, with all the variables at play. But we're going to do our best, and we'll see you all shortly. All right, well, Gavin and I are here. We are blessed with the presence of uh, Elite UK Football on Instagram. His name is Nate. Uh, Nate's going to sit with us. He's going to talk about uh, some things that uh, he expects on his end from this weekend and how he feels about uh, how he feels about the upcoming tilt in Lexington and what should be a rainy Lexington. So, uh, Nate, how are you? I'm doing just good. How are y'all? Pretty good. We're doing fine, uh, as good as we can be. So we're just going to get right to it. So uh, the first thing, of course, uh, we love fans love to hear people just rant. I'm sure y'all, everybody loves that, right? So we're going to. How, how do you feel about the Joey Gatewood situation? And for those of you that don't know, um, Auburn had a quarterback uh, that lost the battle, off, uh, obviously, to Bo Nix. He decided to transfer to Kentucky, and then the NCAA did what the NCAA does. But I'm going to let uh, Nate talk more about that. Yeah, so we get Joey Gatewood in, I think it was December, and we just now found out he's eligible last week. Um that was a whole story. You know, it, it just we never knew, and every week was just kind of Mark Stoops and staff saying, "Hey, we feel good, we feel good," but nothing happened. And then maybe three, four weeks ago, before the Auburn game, their first game of the season, and of course he's a transfer from Auburn, like you said. There was the whole rumor of a gentleman's agreement between, uh, I assume, the coaching staff or the school. 
and um, that they would not play uh, Joey Gatewood. Um, but of course, he was never ruled eligible in the first place. But that one was just—it was just kind of uh, dumb. He was, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, he was been eligible. I mean, he's been at Kentucky since December, and we just found out. Found out. Just, it just. Yeah, like I said, and that's true of the NCAA to allow a kid to sit like that for months on end is just ridiculous. <laughs> right, and we know that uh, NCAA kind of get loves to pick and choose, you know, who gets to who gets to be eligible. And I don't know, how, and I'm sure there's they're, they're, they have an explanation that might make sense, but the way it looks like on the outside, the optics of it are: if you transfer to Ohio State, if you transfer to Washington or Miami, you get to play. If you transfer to uh, you know, Kentucky or I guess Illinois that's had some trouble with this too, you don't. Uh, that doesn't seem fair. Um, especially, you know, when it's so obvious that the high profile programs are having these waivers cleared within like a couple weeks and then some of the, uh, you know, I guess the basketball schools we could, we could call them yeah. are, aren't getting their football waivers approved. Um, in your opinion, do you think uh, Joey Gate? what was the chances that Joey Gatewood would have supplanted Wilson as a starter? You know, when he was starting back in 2018 before his injury last season, I mean, he did have his issues. I mean, and there was reports that he was hurt during that 2018 season, but at the end of the day, he was 12-3 and as a starter. And, and you just kind of like, you can't argue with results. I don't never thought, I always thought we were going to go with Terry, but I did think we were we would eventually see uh, packages built in for Joey because he is, I mean, he was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school, so he was a very, very good quarterback. And I just think it'll be, I think eventually we would have probably seen him, but I don't think we would ever seen him supplant Terry unless Terry was just absolutely awful. Yeah, for sure. So good stuff. yeah, uh, we've got another question. This one's about Cavassier Smoke. Who, by the way. Uh, Cavassier Smoke, an early nominee to the all-name team. In fact, I think he's first team all-name this year, this yeah. season. So, uh, Smoke is, Kentucky, so far this season, Kentucky's uh, most explosive running back, averaging 7.6 yards per carry, which is leading the team at this point in time. Uh, he's not going to play for a couple weeks due to, I believe it was a rib injury. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Nate. What do you see the importance being with him not being able to play this weekend? Is that a big deal for y'all, or do you think that you know, it'll be it won't it won't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. I think in the grand scheme of things, because we have like a three headed running back core and Terry Wilson with AJ Rose and Chris Rodriguez being our other two main running backs. And of course Terry Wilson has is very mobile on his legs, as he showed last week against Ole Miss. Um, it, I mean it hurts because like you said, you know, Smoke is a very explosive back, you know. And 12 carries hit 91 yards for 7.6. So they, it, it, we're going to miss him for sure, but um, I, I think we'll be fine with AJ and Chris and Terry. I think we'll be fine overall. But yeah, losing explosive running back like Cavassier uh, Smoke is it, it will hurt. You know, for you sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know all about losing running backs. Yeah. You know, either before a game or early in the game. Uh, and how bad that can hurt. Of, of course, y'all are probably better suited to take that, uh, to take that absorb uh, absorb that loss than we were last week. But of course, uh, even though y'all do run the ball a lot more, it's funny how that works. <laughs> um, yeah. so the next thing we wanted to get to is, you know, you obviously if you 
you might not have seen it. A lot of people didn't see it. It was on SEC Network alternate, but uh, thank God. <laughs> but um, I'm sure the coaches have certainly seen it by now. Uh, do you think that? Do you think that Arkansas? What it, basically? I'm just going to ask you, point blank. The blueprint. Arkansas gave the blueprint for this uh, for the for defenses playing us the rest of the year until we do something about it. So, just what do you think the effectiveness would be of Kentucky running that same scheme? Because um, unless Mark Stoops is really, really confident in you know a lot of blitzes and five or four or five man fronts, I feel like it's quite obvious uh, what he needs to do on defense. So, basically, what I'm asking is, you know, is Kentucky going to be able to hang with to hang with a passing offense like ours if they're dropping eight uh, in the coverage stuff like that? I saw y'all were ranked 74th, and I don't know where that comes from because in yards you're only like, what? What did we say earlier, Gavin? Seventh uh, in the SEC? Yeah, y'all are y'all are seventh in the SEC in passing yards allowed. I guess that's really, your passer rating allowed or something. It's a passer rating. I can't, I can't really act that. You're allowing 71 completion percentage, which is a lot. Yeah. But in yards, it's not that many. Yeah. In yards-wise, I don't think I don't think the Ole Miss quarterback, Kemba's name. Matt Corral. Yeah, um, I don't think he passed for too many yards, but it was just because I was at the game and the, the the yards they were getting were just too easy, and you know it's just a little concerning that when you're giving up simple slant passes and you're going against a team like Mississippi State, whose quarterback threw for 600 yards against a, a, a rebuilding LSU team, but a very good LSU team. It's just like okay, you know, it's a little. And I, I say Arkansas is definitely. I, I think I was saying from the beginning. I think Arkansas was going to beat someone and upset someone. I didn't think. Yeah, we just hoped it would be Missouri. <laughs> we just I hoped it'd be some or Ole Miss is who we hoped it would be. Yeah. Uh, are you confident? Are you confident in y'all's D line to be able to rush three and still get pressure on KJ? By the way, I'm pulling it up just for just for facts. He was Matt Corral was 24 for 29, which is great, for 320 yards, which is pretty good, and no interceptions, which is also good. So QBR was very high. I guess that's where that 74 out of 74 comes from. It's got to be like either QBR or passer rating. Not a lot of complimentary football is what you're saying. No, it's not right now. <laughs> yeah, only three sacks all year. But that again, that's that could very well be a product of, uh, like just what you said. If it's if it's too easy on the back end, you're you're you know you can everybody can be Tom Brady and release the ball in two seconds if everybody comes open immediately. So. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what's been the problem so far with our secondary this year. It's, yeah. So moving on, we're going to ask you about position groups as a whole. Uh, first, we're going to ask you about what position group you're most confident in this weekend. 
And then next we're going to talk about the one that you're least confident in. So what, which one are you most confident in going into this game? Offensive line. I mean, our offensive line is, uh, I think, well, last year they showed it by becoming one of non-option teams to be one of the best rushing teams in the country last season. And they, they started off a little slow against Auburn, but Auburn's a good team. But but this past week, the, I think we had 560-some-odd yards of offense. Yeah, and they had 408 yards rushing over it. Yeah, and on 56 pass attempts, only four sacks allowed, which is pretty good too. Yeah, and I think our offensive line—they're extremely experienced, um, extremely good. A lot of four-star guys on that uh, offensive line. I I have no issues with them in the slightest. I think they, they're consistently our strongest. Okay, and what about what about the group you're most worried about? Unsurprisingly. <laughs> Okay. It's just, you know, it's just, I mean, like I said, it's just too easy for the quarterback to just find space and find guys open and um, even just, you know, it just kind of, it is what it is. And I hope they at least show some semblance of being able to defend a go route or a slant <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> something I wanted to ask you about because we should, something we should have already had pulled up, but I just wanted to ask about. I guess are the are the cornerbacks and safeties are they really tall big guys over there in Kentucky or is it you know your typical six foot oh cornerback stuff like that? I think it's a good good mix of guys because we have um, a Kelvin Joseph the LSU transfer as well and it's a good mix of you know some tall lanky guys also some guys who are more bigger stronger. Um, I would definitely say our safeties are more the bigger stronger guys while our cornerbacks typically are very Mark Stoops we call like a Mark Stoops kind. Of Profile for a cornerback that are tall and lanky, can defend the pass, and it's been a recipe for success really since 2015 for us in the secondary. Um, so, I, as I would give you the act of general view. Gotcha. Yeah. So, we just, reason I ask is there's a lot of, and it's something we're not used to at Mississippi State, lots of height at receiver. Uh, we've always had Osiris Mitchell the past, you know, he's been playing since he was a sophomore and he's a senior, but. Uh, you know, Tyrell Shavers at Mississippi State's also six four and then um I think Mitchell's six five. Malik Heath is like six three. I think Shavers is six six. Shavers six he he's he's listed. He's one of those listed shorter than he is. I yeah. saw him one time. Dude's a, dude's large. Yeah. Dude's large. Uh, so another Just, thing and, that, and we thought that would help against Arkansas, it didn't. Yeah. Uh yeah. something else we wanted to talk about, so our rushing, our defense in terms of rushing is ranked second in the ACC right now, only behind Georgia. We've given up 143 rushing yards this season so far. Uh, how confident are you in Terry being able to move the ball on our defense? Well, I'm, I, I, I'm confident. I think I was a little concerned coming after the Auburn game because he turned the ball over three times. And I was like, well, are we going to see turnover Terry or touchdown Terry? But then last week he really kind of like, – I like that. Turnover Terry versus touchdown Terry. Yeah, he closed to my fears. He played, honestly, probably played his best game since 2018 Florida. Um, and he really, I mean, almost doesn't have a good defense, to be real here. But No, he really we, we are not high on their defense. <laughs> sorry no, sorry to kind of jump in there, but I don't want everybody to repeat, oh, yeah. and we're repeating this, we are not high on the Ole Miss defense no. at all. No, I think. <laughs> Uh, if AJ didn't do the whole little piece thing uh, on the first play, I mean, it was the first play of the game. It was a should have been a 80-yard touchdown or whatever it was. You know? Dude, I was screaming. Uh, 
Y'all should have had that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was there, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but um, I, you know, I think last week he definitely called, okay, maybe he's settling it a little bit. Because um, I was a little concerned after the Auburn game. But going into this week, I think because of the rainy weekend that's coming up, I, I think because we are such a good running team, I think that really plays into our hands a little bit. Um, but that, I mean, always playing Mississippi State—that's always a tough, tough game for us. It's you know, it's not a game I, I look forward to because they are always a really, really good defensive team for me. Except 2016. Know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's a little plug for State fans and uh, Peter Sermon. If you're out there, I hope you're not having a good day. <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned Terry Wilson and, and the rain and stuff, and so that actually leads us very well into our, our one of our last questions. Um, so Wilson, you know, the if correct me if I'm wrong, I know for a fact the Kentucky offense has been, if anything, the best way to describe it is efficient, very efficient, even when they do pass the ball, which is it just seldom it's efficient. Um, and if, and I think most of those passes probably came when you're a little bit down against Auburn because last week what'd y'all throw like seven passes? No, it was way higher than that. Last week? Yeah. I think they were They the threw 20. 18 passes. Sorry, they threw seven passes. I think they threw seven passes in the first half. 18 passes. Not very many. But what I'm trying to say is uh, very, very efficient. But, correct me if I'm wrong, Terry Wilson's kind of a one-read guy. Um, and, of course, obviously the rain is going to affect us more in the passing game than y'all because we're going to pass it maybe four times as much. If 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 That's probably a little bit conservative. Yeah. But, um. When Terry does go to pass, uh, when he gets in maybe in a third and long situation, or like I said, if you're passing to keep us honest, are you worried about that rain? Because already, you know, I think Terry's better on the ground than through the air. Uh, are you worried that it's gonna that the rain might force y'all to be even more one-dimensional than you than you already are? And I don't mean one-dimensional as an insult, because your your run game with the zone read and with the multiple backs and the quarterback is multi-dimensional in, in and of itself. But one-dimensional is in, you don't pass very often. Are you worried that you're going to be a little bit less uh, able to pass when you need to? I think, you know, well, I guess I have to throw it back to a game y'all probably don't really like to remember, the 2018 game, where it was a very similar situation with the rain. Um, you know, I, I, I would expect us to probably look back to, like, um, that game and even last season we had a lot of rain games. Um or we did have to pass it every once in a while with Lynn But um, I'm, I'm a little concerned because it's been a while for Terry. But I don't expect us to be, you know, passing, you know, doing deep balls. I think it's more you know, very simple. Just try to get the first down rather than um, in a big explosive play. You got to get the first down to make sense. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah, we know that one thing Mississippi State, if their defense does have a weakness, it's on bus. Uh, yeah. Most of the, most of the, uh, the, if you get if you hear something negative about the defense from an intelligent person in Mississippi State, it's usually well they they get, they have too many bus. So we're really hoping uh, hard to ha- harder to have a bus when you're running the ball a lot. So it would benefit us if you would uh, keep the ball on the ground a little bit yeah. there, simply because. I think we'd be top four in pass defense if not for bus. Yeah. I mean, we had for sure. And one of I mean, what are we ranked in pass defense? To seventh. Yeah. 
can't be much worse. Is that, is that correct? I'm guessing. I don't know. I'll check. Uh, I've got it right here. Okay. So, just kind of the way that we do this. No, we're I getting, don't. <laughs> okay, we're getting towards the end of the segment right now, Nate. Uh, we're going to do our best to get you out of here pretty quickly. But first, we're going to go through all the games in the league for the week and do our pick them. So, uh, of course, all of the games except for ours, we'll just do win or loss. But then we're going to save our game for last and we'll actually do score predictions for that, if that sounds good to you. Okay, cool. Okay. So, first up, we've got Florida at A&M. Uh, Colton, what do you think? Yeah, uh, not high on A&M. I've, I was, when, I, when I was high on A&M like in June, and then I've said this on the show before, they had a bunch of opt-outs, and I was low on A&M coming in the season. I've been correct so far. They looked like Alabama was going to uh, kind of, you know, have to struggle with them a little bit. And then what happened, Gavin? Uh... Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond happened. The Kellen Mond effect. Kellen Mond happened. <laughs> and they got destroyed. So um, they barely hung with Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't think even at home they're going to have much of a chance against Florida. Although, to be fair, Florida's defense has been lackluster. Um, I'm not. Grantham I, so, is not what he looked like at State. No, he was good and they were good last year. Yeah. I don't. They just look slow. They look slow. The up front, especially. I would. Maybe they'll get better, and I think, but I do think if they stay exactly the way they are, Florida's going to lose a game they're not supposed to. I just don't think it's this one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to Florida in a pretty big blowout this game. I just like we've said on the show before. I'm not high on Kellen Mond. I don't like his ability. I don't think he has the ability to keep them in these type of games. Uh, yeah, I'm going Florida big. And look, it's not that Kellen Mond's bad. We sound like haters. Oh, I'm a hater. It's that Kellen. <laughs> Gavin's a hater. <laughs> it's that Kellen Mond has has given people the game before. And, but it's also how he's the last three years in a row. Oh, Heisman, Dark Horse, uh, uh, yeah, that's, Dark that's Horse, the SEC, SEC West uh, uh-huh. Titleist. Like, no, no, they're just not. No, no. Yeah. No. What do you think, Nate? I, I think it was similar sentiments. Uh, I, was play, I was actually kind of high in Texas A&M coming into the season. But then, yeah, these, the opt-outs came. And then, yeah, and then the Vanderbilt game, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe they're just not very good right now. And, and last week, it was just kind of Alabama rolled over them for the most part. Um, yeah, I think Florida, their defense is a little concerning. Um, hopefully, they come back to haunt them against Kentucky. But <laughs> um, I think Florida wins this by a good like, 20 points, okay. something like that. I just right. don't think it would be a close game. Yeah. Up uh, next, we've got LSU at Mizzou. Colton, what are you seeing in that one? Uh, cats by 90. I don't even. I don't even think this one warrants much question. Um, really Which interesting cats? caveat. Ah, oh, <laughs> okay, you're right. That was such a stupid thing to say. Nobody calls Mizzou the cats. <laughs> Not. I guess they call Kentucky and, and LSU the. Nobody calls Auburn the cats either. Yeah, LSU. Cats by ninety is Kentucky thing. Yeah, I know it's a Kentucky thing. I should have said Bayou Bengals by ninety or something like that. I was trying to be slick. Not right. interestingly enough, though, this was the game that was moved to Columbia instead of Baton Rouge because of the hurricane. So LSU gets shorted uh, a home game this season, which is fun. I'm sure all the all the uh, Cajuns down there love that. Uh, so for me, yeah, I agree with Colton. I think LSU. I think we met LSU pretty mad week one, and I don't think they're going to take anybody lightly from here on out for the rest of the season. I think Coach O is going to have these guys ready to play. I like LSU in a blowout. Yeah, same here. I, Missouri's just not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're just not very good. I, I, well, I'm not high on Drink. Is it Drink with as their head coach? Yeah. Uh, I'm not high on him as a head coach anyways. I don't think 
Uh, all right, next game we've got South Carolina at Vandy. Colton? Uh, this is probably the most boring game of the day. Uh, I really want to pick Vanderbilt here. If Vanderbilt had scored like maybe 10 more points against LSU, I'd, ha- I'd almost want to pick Vandy. I think the defense is, is decent enough. And South Carolina, they just have a lot of mistakes. They don't play mistake-free football at all. But um, I'm going to have South Carolina, and I want to say a close one, although I could see a close one being, you know, 24 to 10, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so after watching South Carolina play last week, that was some of the worst clock management I've seen in my entire life by Will Muschamp towards the end of that game. Uh, but I do I do like Colin Hill after watching that game. I think Colin Hill's a solid quarterback. I like Colin Hill. I don't like Colin Hill's receivers. Yeah. I think Colin Hill's going to be able to take this game over, though. Vandy's defense isn't too good. I think... I think South Carolina will go into Nashville and win by probably somewhere in the 14 range. Yeah, I, I, I think this game will be actually closer because I think Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt's not, I mean, they're bad, but they're not as terrible as I expected, if that makes sense. Yeah, same here. And, with, um, and in South Carolina, I mean, that's another head coach I just don't like, Will Muschamp. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's very much an overrated head coach in general, but... Uh, I think it's not kind of win this game, but if they're not careful, Vanderbilt very could still very much could steal this one. All right, uh, and just to point out, we've picked the away team in every single game so far, which is which is kind of strange. I don't think that's staying for this one. We've got Tennessee going between the hedges in Athens. Colton, what do you see? Yeah, uh, I see a lot of people thinking this game's going to be close, and that's where I disagree. I, I, I would have had it. I would have said it wasn't close if this game was in Knoxville. Um. Tennessee is a competent football team. They've been they've been improved since the beginning, the abysmal start to the season last year. I don't have to remind Mississippi State fans what happened after that. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky, man, y'all have the worst luck with them. My girlfriend's a Tennessee fan, and she's like, "Oh, Kentucky's always bad." I'm like, "Kentucky's not not always great, sweetie, but y'all just always beat them, even when y'all are terrible. You just have, I don't know how you do it, but you do." Yeah, that that that's 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 the new summit to climb after beating Florida, right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, I've got I've got Georgia going away. Um, Tennessee, like I said, a competent football team, not a flashy, but a very very adequate uh, running game and complimentary football passing game and hard nosed defense, kind of old school. But I just that UGA defense is something different. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was surprised that Arkansas scored the 10 points that they did. Uh, and then what they did to Auburn last week was pretty pretty embarrassing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think UGA's defense is just going to be able to take over this game. I think they easily have the best defense in the SEC. And I don't see UT being able to move the ball very well against these guys, especially as lackluster as their quarterback performance has been uh, so far this year. I think UGA is going to win this one pretty big. I agree here. I mean, we hear it every year, dark horse, dark horse, and every year they uh, are lackluster for the most part. Uh, yeah, I think Georgia wins this one. I think, yeah, about, I think they, it would be close, but I think Georgia definitely pulls away. The defense at Georgia is just beyond ridiculous how good they are. Yeah. And I'd like this game to be close. It'd be better for the SEC if this game was close. Or if you were, oh, for sure. But I just don't I'm see just it. I'm not going to pick Tennessee, so. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right, next up we've got Arkansas going to Auburn. Colton, what do you think? 
Uh, I want this game to be kind of close. I don't think it is. Well, I've got Arkansas losing by the by. I've got them hanging in there like for maybe three quarters. That's kind of what I think see happening. And then Auburn's going to pull away and make it look a little bit worse than it was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I just hope Arkansas doesn't get too high after the upset last week. Kind of like what we were talking about with uh, Ology whenever he came back on the show on Monday. I just hope that, like I said, Arkansas can stay focused. I do think they're going to lose this game, though. I'm taking Auburn by 10. I think it'll be a good game for a half. Yeah. Hey, I think I think it's a good game. I, I'm very pleasantly surprised at how Arkansas was actually kind of playing some confident football. It feels like it's been forever since we've seen them in playing confident football. Um, but Auburn is a really – Auburn's always be that weird team in the conference that – they could be. They could go out and beat Alabama, and they could go out and you know lose to Arkansas. You know, it, <laughs> it just depends on what Auburn team comes. I think Auburn wins, and I think they'll probably pull away late. But I think it'll probably be a close game. It'll be a little scary for Auburn fans. I think Auburn might win like by ten or something. Okay. All right. Uh, last game before we get to ours. This is Bama at Ole Miss. So you've got the best offense in the league right now, <laughs> quietly, as I might add. Versus the worst defense in the league. Not so quietly, if you ask me. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, I think if I would call this a win for Ole Miss if if Bama scores less than sixty five. You can call that a moral victory. Um, so yeah, Bama by a lot. All right, uh, especially after the the comments that Kiffin made about Saban and the pressers this week, I wouldn't be surprised if. Bama went out and won this game by 70. I don't think they necessarily do, but I do think Bama's going to blow Ole Miss out of the water. Yeah, I think Alabama wins this by a lot. I think they could still maybe a similar score to their Florida game, where like Florida just kind of controls it the entire time. But you yeah. know, the Ole Miss offense is good, so I think they'll probably, they'll probably get their points. It'll be like by 30. Mean, no, I'll tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is going to be just like Florida, and it's also because Bama's done this two weeks in a row now. Bama's gonna take the. It, maybe they won't. Don't. Maybe Nick Saban, you know, doesn't call the dogs off. Maybe of maybe Kiffin pissed Saban off just enough to I where just he'll, don't see he'll Saban keep his being, foot on the gas. I don't think Saban letting his emotions taking over his game plan. We'll see. But what's gonna happen is Bama's gonna be up fifty-five to ten in the th- halfway through, like two minutes into the third quarter. Um, then they're gonna trade field goals, and then Ole Miss is gonna score a couple late touchdowns, and it's gonna be like only a twenty-point loss. Yeah, because that, Bama's got third-string players in, and then all my Ole Miss friends are going to say, well, we hung with Bama. No, you didn't. You didn't hang with Florida no, either. No, Florida scored on seven drives in a row against Ole Miss. Like, that, yeah. that, 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 I know that looked like 35-19 to 19 was a kind of a close game, but it wasn't. 35-19. Mm-hmm. It was 35-59. to 59. I don't know where I got 19 yeah. from. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's just, it's, Bama's going to pull out, and then hey, maybe Ole Miss might make a little bit of a yeah. run. But I it. see that. I see where you're coming from. All right, now the reason that everybody's here. The dogs are going to the Cats. Colton, I know I, I hate picking this game. I'm sure you do too. What are you thinking? I had this being the game we get, the game that we sh- that I would expect us to win that we lose anyway. At the beginning of the season, we beat LSU, and then I'm like, okay, well, we'll beat Kentucky and Arkansas, and then we lose Arkansas. So now I'm, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I If we do win... I could see us. I would. I would think it's more likely that when we win by a lot than we win a close one. I think if it's close, it's more likely that we lost. 
Does that make sense? I agree. There, that, that very much makes sense. So, but I don't want to sit here and call a big win, even though, like I said, I think it's either a big win or a, I'm really, really nervous about a close game. I'm gonna put it somewhere like, like a, I'm gonna say like 42 to 25, something weird, and that's and that's my least confident score I've picked in a long time. But a, a state wins like 42 to 25, and I'm trying not to make it a huge spread because I'm just I've said it the third time now. I think we either win by a lot or it's going to be shaky. So okay. This game scares the heck out of me, especially after last week. This is this is the most scared I've been to pick a game in a long time, just because there's so much on, there's so much at stake. Going into the LSU game, yeah, I called the upset, but you know who like that was that was just something I was confident in. I felt like I felt like we had that game. This one this one I don't even know anymore, especially after what we saw last week. If Kentucky's able to effectively drop eight, this rain. thing could get ugly. Like Colton said, the rain the rain could really play a big factor in this one but we might we not be able to pass run, very efficiently like... yeah we we've proven to have a good run stopping defense this is just a nightmare game to pick but i'm gonna take state 34 to 31 so you're okay picking a close one yeah i'm okay with picking a close one i think this is a close game I regardless of who like wins i don't think anybody wins by more than 10 i think if it's close we lose and if it's not we win <laughs> Very similar to mine. I am very, I am not confident at all. This is going to gain attention. I already feel the blood pressure boiling. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going, you're going 35-31. That's your final, your final. 31 cats, but I am not confident. Yeah, everybody's kind of shaky. It's just so, there's just so many things to consider. It's yeah. so weird. It's COVID. Mm -hmm. It's, it's Mississippi State's doing stuff they've never done before. It's Kentucky. Uh, with a bad def worse defense than they're used to in state with a better defense than they expected, but it's also going to be raining and ugh, it's yeah. There's just so many factors. I mean, this is a big game for Kentucky because if Kentucky doesn't win this game, they're staring down the barrel of an 0 and 5 start. We have Tennessee next week and in Georgia, and we obviously all you know the luck we have against Tennessee and Georgia's just really good. Um, you know. We, it kind of is a very big game for the Cats. We kind of have to win it, but I'm just not very confident. <laughs> right. Doing so. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'd be we'd love to have you on later on. But again, this is guys. We have been with Nate from Elite at Elite UK Football on Instagram. That's one word. Yep. Y'all go check his page out. Uh, show some love, everybody. 
be be sportsmanlike in the comments, regardless of how this one goes. Uh, I'm I'm like like we've all said, all three of us are anticipating a good game in Lexington this weekend. For sure. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, no Anytime. problem. Anytime. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, maybe come basketball season and talk about basketball. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know about that one. Maybe baseball. <laughs> it'll depend like on uh, it'll de- that'll depend on uh. On how much the the the, pot, the listenership is clamoring for ba- basketball episodes, <laughs> yeah. we will see. I don't know, basketball will yeah. be fine, I think, but we'll see. You like women's so. basketball? Get the, uh, star transfer for basketball. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we'll see you around. Thanks for thanks for coming yeah, on. Thanks, Nate. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. All right, and that was Nate that uh, we had with us, of course, from Elite UK Football. Uh, and I guess that's all we have for today. Do you have anything else? Nope. I think I'm good. All right, and with that, as always, swing your sword and hail state. Hail state.